Think of this. You're running down a midday dimly lit corridor directed by a sun-angled glass rooftop. The charcoal black brick path your feet glide with guides you through a sliding door to a huge room with a sign over the ticket kiosk that reads, Planetarium Auditorium Train Station. You stop and take it all in. The ceilings are so high up you can't ever imagine touching them. So beautiful, sprinkled with bright lights spangling across. Then you peer across the great expanse of the room, observing what you can see, noticing it seems like it never ends. There are some pockets of emptiness and then there are some with a lot of foot traffic. It's crazy how some of those huge bodies shine so bright. I can see why others revolved around them. You race down the steps to the bustling station full of individuals like yourself. Hey, there's even a man sleeping on a bench with a newspaper in his hand. Who still reads those anymore? Keep going. I think that's your train. You walk up next to the man sleeping on the bench. His newspaper says something about Google. Do you have any idea where they got the name Google from? I think this is you. You look back at the man. I think we should let him sleep. He's a busy man. You step onto the train and take a seat. So many people bored with you. I mean, even I'm at work procrastinating in a deep trance. First time on a train of thought? Not my first rodeo either. If I were you though, I would buckle up. This train is about to do some monumental feats in science. By the way, I'm Cal. And I don't understand the vastness of the universe. of space. We'll head to our solar system from here. Where did all the people go? Without them, this train card seems huge. Don't get me wrong, space is huge as well, but it's a lot, well, huger than you think. A lot hotter and a lot denser than you can imagine. And things aren't as rare. Honestly, space isn't as exotic as one might expect. Let's just put that out there. But first, I believe to help us on this journey, there are some basic things we need to sort out. Have you ever heard of the number one? The crazy thing is, there are no zeros in it. Not one. Zero is kind of a recent thing, to be honest. But no, really, if you wrote it in scientific notation, which is n times 10 to the power of n, remember where m, a non-zero row number, times 10 raised to the power of n, which is just a fancy way of expressing numbers that are too big, like the universe, or too small, like numbers in quantum mechanics. That would lead us with a string of numbers. Get it? String? Quantum mechanics? It's just too many numbers. Well, you would just get 10 to the zero power or 10 with a zero on its right shoulder. That's one. The number one has no zeros to the right of it. Now moving on. The number 10 can be written as 10 to the first power or 10 with a one on its right shoulders. How about a thousand? 10 to the third power or three on its right shoulder? Now, this is important because the prefix for a thousand is kilo which is something that is used a lot in space. Kilogram to measure the weight of something or kilometer to measure the distance. Let's add six more zeros. So that would be 10 to the ninth or 10 with a nine on his shoulders. That's a billion. There are almost 8 billion people on earth. Take a hundred billion hamburgers and spread them from New York and go west. You can circumvent the circumference of the world and still have enough burgers to do it again 215 times. I didn't do the math. No, DeGrasse Tyson did, but I trust him. 
you would still have enough to stack the leftovers to the moon and back before you run out. Maybe Chick-fil-A was right. Since you see now how big that is, the Milky Way, our galaxy, has about 300 billion stars. And they're a lot bigger than a burger. I have lived for only 819 million seconds. No wonder I have bad knees. Not even close to a billion seconds and I'm 26. Now, if you had nine more zeros, you would get 10 to the 18th power or 10 with the 18 on its shoulders. Keep up, people. That's quintillion. That's the approximate number of grains of sand on just 10 beaches on Earth. How does the saying go? There are more stars in the universe than grains of sand on all of Earth's beaches combined. And just to add another number, we have 10 to the 21st power. That's sextillion, if you catch my orbit. From one to a billion to now sextillion, 10 sextillion is the number of stars in our observable universe. Remember when you entered PAP? That's what we're calling the Planetarium Auditorium train station now. I came up with it myself. But you remember all that you observed? What if I told you there were more people that you couldn't see further out? That is what it means when you hear observable universe. It's just a pocket or a quadrant that we can see with our limited technology, our eyes, our telescopes. Whoa, hey, do you see that? That white light, it's some distance away, but I, I think that's our sun. It's gonna take us some time to get there, riding our train of thought, about a light year. But that'll give us some time to talk about what a light year is and what it's not. But first, let's get this train moving. Alright, a light year is not a way to measure time. I know, I know, it's confusing. It's the year that gets everyone. It's a way to measure a distance, a specific distance, an astronomical distance. The distance light travels in one Earth year. Yes, I said it. We use a lot of Earth-centered base mathematics to find our way around the universe. It's easier that way. One light year is six trillion miles, so nine trillion kilometers. You just multiply the miles to 1.6 to get the kilometers. Remember, we use kilometers in space. And if we were to write that in scientific notation, it would be 9.4607 times 10 with a 12 on its shoulders. Remember, 10 with a 12 on its shoulder means a trillion. Now, that's some crazy stuff because light moves at a constant speed, which is called light speed. Yeah, really anticlimactic. That's 186,000 miles per second, or 1.6 times the miles gives us 300,000 kilometers per second. Well, it actually gives us 299, 337.984, but that's ugly to say, so we'll just round it up. When astronomers use powerful telescopes, they look back in the past, and that's because light moves at this constant. It may seem really fast, but most objects in space are so far away that it takes forever for their light to reach us. And that's why all the sci-fi spaceships, like our train of thought here, has a FDL drive or a faster than light engine, because let's face it, nature is just not fast enough. And don't get me started with evolution. That's season two. Anyway, the further an object is, the further we see in the past. So for example, we, are 2.3 light years from the sun at this very moment on the train of thought. So the light we see from the sun, that's 2.3 years ago light. It's like living in the south, we're just getting it late. We are actually seeing light that someone on earth saw 2.3 years ago. It's kind of sad. I wonder if AI actually did take over. 
Well, luckily, we have an FDL drive. Pull the lever, Kronk. Okay, it's more like a button. And this is our solar system. Welcome home, people. We'll start from here on our journey to understand the universe. We'll talk about Iris, like Pluto, and Maki Maki, dwarf planets, and the Kuiper Belt, composed of small remnants of when the solar system formed. We'll visit Neptune, the king of the sea, with its blue hue and its cold temperatures. We'll slingshot to Uranus. <laughs> you know, you're gonna catch me slipping. This ice giant was discovered by Sir William Herschel in 1781. Oh. There's a comet, right as soon as we pass Saturn, the second largest planet and the jewel of our solar system. Here, it rains diamonds. That's Jupiter. With the red dot or the intense superstorm, believe it or not, Jupiter has the shortest day in the solar system. We are now 483 million miles away from the sun, and there's still more. Like the asteroid belt, similar to the Kuiper belt. It's rocky. It's like a border between the Jehovian planets and the terrestrial planets. Ceres, another dwarf planet, lies here. Next is Mars. This is where Elon Musk is from, or trying to go to. I get those mixed up. It's similar to Earth. Yes, that big blue dot. That's home where the only known life in the universe harbors. There's something special about that. We can fly by Venus and Mercury. These planets are special as well, but for time's sake. Our sun. Our G-type white main sequence star at the center of our solar system. What a sight. So let's look back. So you see Earth, our home, our planet, the big beautiful blue dot floating in the vacuum of nothingness, with our closest neighbor the moon, a little more than one second or one light second away. Then we zoom out and we have our solar system, that's home to Earth and our local star, the sun. Think of it like the blot. Don't worry, next episode we'll go further into detail on those two things. Neptune is about 4.5 hours away from us, at light speed one of the last neighbors on the block. Zoom out some more, now you have a local stars. A total of 32 of them. Now remember, the sun is a star, so this is what I mean when I say star. Now these stars are all grouped closely together in their respective solar systems, so a couple of cities. We're gonna zoom out more, a lot more. The Milky Way, the bustling and beautiful county. The sun is one of hundreds of billions of stars that make up the galaxy. It's a huge number. This galaxy, the galaxy. Remember, when we're talking about the Milky Way, we always use the capital G. The others get the lowercase g. We're the big Gs around here. This swirling disk contains about 200 billion stars. Some like our sun, and some not. But all amazing. Some enormous clouds of dust. Quick reference. When astronomers say dust, don't think of furry dead skin, but the explosion of when you bang two chalkboard erasers together. The Milky Way is over 100,000 light years across. Bear with me, there are two more structures. Go ahead, zoom out. The local group, this is a cluster of galaxies consisting of the Milky Way. The Andromeda Galaxy, the nearest spiral galaxy to the Milky Way, so basically, we be twinning. And more than 50 other galaxies, so like a country. All of this occupied in a region of space about 10 million light years across. That's it, you got it. One point zero zero times ten with the eight on its right shoulders. All of this fitting in a region called, you guessed it, and I'm proud of you. 
the Virgo supercluster. So like a world, a local group of galaxies all contained in a large structure 100 million light years across and contains tens of thousands of galaxies arranged into clumps or clusters, separated into large voids like an ocean. Oh, it looks like we're losing our train of thought. It's so hard to stay focused these days. Plus, I gotta get back to work. But we made it to the end. Let's get back to Pat. Now we have an idea on how big the universe really is. It's huge. This season, we'll go further into detail on all of this, I promise. But for today, we're one step closer to understanding. Also, before you leave, do any of you know the scientific notation for Google? Huh? Think of that.